This is The Runner On Air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Runner Podcast. My name is Caitlin Gallegos, and I'm a junior at CSUB studying English literature. And I'm here today with... I'm Luciano Almorsolo. I'm a senior here at CSUB, also studying English like Caitlin here. On this week's podcast, we were able to interview the music composer for the band Indisposed. It's a local metal band here in Bakersfield. And um, the composer is actually a student that goes here to CSUB. And he was able to get us in contact with and an interview with two of the band members, a guitarist and a bassist. And it was such a great time. Oh, yeah, it was really good interviewing them. We're going to let you all listen to to the interview, and so feel free to listen. I am Blake Christian McKee. I am a junior at CSUB, and I am an English major. So the group's called Indisposed, mm-hmm. and um, we have a couple, like, we have like pseudonyms, so like, kind of like stage names. So she goes by... The Mortician. Mortician. And yeah. I'd go by The Gravedigger. So what do you do for a living other, like, with the music? What do I do for a living? Um, so I don't make a living off of the band yet, just because it's pretty early stages, but I work as a custodian at a church. And are you, so you're not compensated? Or? Um, there hasn't really been any profit yet. There's a lot of, um, like, you play for a lot of free shows, you know, or we try to avoid the pay to plays, but that happens mm-hmm. sometimes too. And when did you start actually um, forming the band? Um, well, they formed it a long time ago. <laughs> I I just joined it like a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I joined like a little over a year ago. However, the band itself existed before that. Um, but I came around um, to help out more so with uh, live performances and such. Because yeah, initially, the, the, yeah, I think all right. So like the band first got together when I was like a junior in high school. And at the time, there was a guy we called the dog. He was the lead vocalist and the drummer, who is uh, the sexton. And we first got together, and then like when before they were just like a, a Green Day cover band. And then when I first when I came in, we actually started making original material. And then by our senior year, we actually started like recording the first EP, which had like five songs on it, I think. You play? Are you singing or a vocalist? Uh, or? I'm a one of the guitarists, um, the other one's not here today. Um, but um, yeah, I came in a year and a half ago or so, and uh, I learned the songs that were already made so that uh, we can start uh, moving forward and playing shows. Um, and we were able to do that ever since. Uh, we've been getting more or less consistent shows like each month or so, so that's pretty nice. And uh, are you a vocalist, or musician? I just play bass. Yeah? Yeah. And you said you've been there for a few months. Have you learned the music or...? Yeah, actually we had a show where uh, we played for an hour. We had an hour set list, so I had to learn every song that we had <laughs> in like a yeah, month. It was like 18 songs. Like, okay, learn them all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so where do you usually perform? Like you said, you have some um, shows sometimes or once a month. Where is it? It, it, San Diego it depends a lot. A lot the, the big like because we're like metal, hardcore, hardcore punk thrash. Like we don't really have a distinct mm-hmm. genre. A lot of people tell us they don't really know where we fall. I kind of like that. 
because it's less the limits. But, like, the scene where we belong most is, is like, San Diego. That's where it's mainly alive, because in Bakersfield, there's a lot of, like, hard, like, beat down and, like, kind of, like, just, like, noise. Yeah. Not to be mean, but just, like, we don't, yeah. we, we don't really, when we go to shows, we've gone to a few shows in Bakersfield, but, like, we just don't fit in, and we, we like, stick out, like, a, a red thumb, you know? Yeah. It's mostly... San Diego. LA, LA too sometimes. Yeah, a couple in LA. LA, but mainly San Diego, yeah. Yeah, but you're proud of your music, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, of all the shows you've done, like, what would you say is your favorite gig? What do you guys say? Um, <laughs> one was the uh, the hour-long set list we had at Shea Cafe it was cool. um, in San Diego, because that's the first time, and so far only time, we've played for an hour long. Usually it's been around a half hour or something. Uh, and that went pretty nicely. We played pretty tightly. Um, and There's another one was when we, turnout. yeah, there was a good turnout as well. Another one was the Whiskey A Go Go, just because that like that venue in particular, a lot of like legendary bands have played at. So it's just a very humbling experience. Oh. <laughs> and how would you describe the music that you play? Like, what is the feel or the words that you put into it? Okay, that's um, that kind of depends on the song, you know. Um, I I like to say I like to use a lot of symbolism. So if you ever like listen to a song and you think to yourself, "Wow, this seems really like," maybe if you say like violent or like really eerie, just know like there's a lot of symbolism behind what I'm writing about. So like, for instance, there's one song called Rust on the EP where like it kind of talks about this like being decayed and like. Beat, but it's about being in an abusive relationship, you know, so you're, you're not act, I'm not actually talking about someone like bleeding out, you know, it's just like internal wounds, you know so uh, definitely a lot of symbolism, we also try to use some like cin- like old old school like horror cinematics so we'll have like one song called Amatophobe on the next album, which is like about like a, a killer mothman but it's a conspiracy theory, so it's not Ooh. you know, it's, it's basically it's being told from the point of view of like a narrator that like wears like tinfoil hats, you know, because they're just like, ah, the aliens, and Bigfoot, and <laughs> Mothman. <laughs> so it kind of varies song from song. So you're the music composer, and do you yeah. write the lyrics? So I I write maybe like 95% of the music. I'm, I'm kind of like a, like a ghost writer, because like I don't really like to perform. I've performed like two or three times, but like I like this the recording process. That's what the most beneficial part for me. So, and I, I write a good chunk of the lyrics, and then the doc, the vocalist, he he peer reviews everything I write and makes sure it kind of falls, like, like there's like continuity in, start, in terms of phrasing and vocabulary and whatnot. Yeah, he's kind of a genius. <laughs> yeah, so he writes a lot of the lyrics too, the doc. And what does your work mean to both of you guys? Um, I mean, I... I like it. <laughs> the work is just like, it's real good fun ultimately. Like you're able to put yourself out there and show your creativity. And for us, like when we're performing, um, you can just, you know, we have like some leeway while performing live so we could change it up a bit or whatever. Or, um, there'll be moments like some of us has solos or something, like our drummer will have a drum solo. Uh, me or the other guitarist, we could have a guitar solo or something. Those are moments where you could like sort of um, show your own style through your playing, and that's those are nice moments. And this is the first time I've played a bass like playing metal. 
I usually play like completely different genres, so it, it's probably making me a better bassist, honestly. <laughs> Were you uh, self-taught in your music? In... Uh, yeah. How long ago? Um, I've been playing bass probably since I was 15, but I didn't get to own a bass until I was 18 because my mom wouldn't let me, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I started playing guitar about four years ago at the age of 16, and yeah, it was self-taught. I first playing I start I first started playing guitar I think when I was 12 and that was because my grandmother who lives in um, Tehachapi she she played on the worship team at church so she knew how to strum chords and that was just about it but that was like my beginning of my foundation so she got me like a cheap classical guitar and it's like here you go just practice a little bit and I came back like a month or two later and she's like wow you're almost better than me Blake you know and I kind of just from YouTube videos and you know just trying to learn some things by ear kind of more or less self-taught. And so, uh, what are some of your dislikes when you are performing, going to the shows, maybe um, uh, maybe just practicing? The, the most annoying thing during performance is if, like, the sound guy doesn't know what they're doing. Or if, because, like, we've gone to shows where, like, we've, gone to, we've played at Jerry's a handful of times. Jerry's Pizza is in Bakersfield. And the sound guy there is phenomenal. So we every time we've played there, it's like, not to be conceited, but it sounded amazing, you know, because uh, it's all balanced out and you, everything sounds great. But we've played shows like out of town where like the guy, like was just wasn't paying attention or just was drunk or something, and so like the guitar is louder than the bass, the vocals are blowing out, and like the s speakers are screechy, the PA is a mess. And for a lot of the a lot of the house shows and stuff. They're, none of them are really professionals when it comes to that stuff. A lot of them are just people that bought the stuff because they wanted to have shows, you know, and keep the scene alive, which you can still respect, you know, because they're sure. they're at least making the effort, you know. But, I mean, it's a lot different than having someone that, you know, gets paid to be a sound guy for an actual venue and stuff like that. Yeah. So. so it can suck because you can feel, like, misrepresented if you have someone that doesn't know what they're doing on their part. Even though, like, we're doing everything exactly the same from show to show, it, the, the turnout is all just totally different depending on who's on the sound. So that's like the biggest pet peeve. Alright, and when would be your next show actually? That's a good question. I don't really we, do as a matter part of, of that fact, process. We've been taking like a, a short break just because one of our guitarists came from the Bay Area to move down here. So now that we're all together, we're going to be able to, you know, be a little more consistent. But we're, we're all trying to just get our own personal lives situated and make sure that you know we're solid so we can be consistent with shows from here on out yeah. be responsible yeah and then on top of that we're trying to get like more of our, our merch and stuff too so we can bring that stuff to all the shows you know and you know have people buy our stuff <laughs> so. also, also a big focus right now is just to get the new recordings out the new album um, that's like priority number one as of right now that's like 85 90 percent done it's just there's a lot of just reviewing of the, the new music just to make sure everything's you know, touched up and polished. Uh, where do people where do people usually find your music? Uh, like how do you promote it? So we usually upload it onto um, SoundCloud, which is kind of funny because like you get a lot of like mixtapes and like rap Spotify. and hip hop. That's a Spotify. Or you, you said SoundCloud. Oh, oh, we, we, also, yeah. we also have a, a Spotify. Spotify. It just has our, our one EP though. So um, so far. Yeah. So far, that yeah, and also like we have an Instagram page which we can provide to um, the interviewers after. <laughs> Actually, can you say it right now? Um, it's just indisposed metal with yeah. no periods, no nothing. Yeah, it's it's like, just yeah, indisposed I, metal. Yeah. yeah, no underspaces, something like that. 
<laughs> so what advice would you have for someone considering doing a band as well in the future or now? Um, just practice a lot, honestly. You know, practice, go places, like go to shows where other people are listening to the same kind of music. Because I struggled with finding members for a band for like years. I played music from like age like 12 to like 19 like by myself entirely. So, um, I mean, once I started like going to more shows, I started running into more people that were in bands already or that were looking for bands and all that stuff. You know, you just got to go places where people care about music and stuff. And you can find the people and then you just got to make sure that, you know, they, they want it as bad as you do, I guess. Yeah, um, for like other people that play an instrument or I suppose vocalists too, just make sure that you're practicing and you become good at what you do and then really put yourself out there and find other people that you can play with and could even push your skills even further. Um, and then hopefully, you know, things should fall into place after that. Just keep sticking to it and um, don't stop even if it seems like it's not going too far within a couple years. You just have to stay, stick with it because consistency is key. I'd say like biggest thing with I guess being successful is don't settle because a lot of times you can you'd be like okay I've gotten this far like I, I have no more potential this is the cap like don't think that like there's a, there's a lot of room for growth especially if you're consistent another thing is that like band is, is a lot like a relationship where like you have to have chemistry because we've had people like, who've tried playing bass with us before um, the mortician where like there was no chemistry they could play the part and they did play a gig with us but there's no chemistry like and they were good people we had no problems with them as far as like more morals or anything but it didn't fit and then like you know we, we meet some people and like this day one it's like this is the guy yeah. like he has the same sense of humor or they have the same sense of humor as us they get the music they're passionate about it you know and so yeah just really look look out like if you're playing with someone or with people that you're like not happy with you're probably never going to be unless you find someone you have chemistry with if that makes sense yeah it makes sense you know some people come and go they only want to be there uh for the time they're not even sure themselves what they're doing really yeah because in the past like our, our first basis who was with us when we started um it, when we were in high school we had that problem where he just wasn't well we 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 did have chemistry with him, but he just wasn't into what we were doing. He didn't like the direction we were going. Just creative differences. And eventually we just like politely were just like, you know, if you if you're not happy, you can leave. Like we won't hold it against you. We'll give you an out. And he's like, okay. Wow. He didn't even hesitate. And well, we were we were okay with that because we, we knew he was miserable, you know. But now he's happy, he's going out and pursuing other things, you know. Yeah. What are your goals for the future, actually? Mm, my goal is be um, get the next album out really soon before the end year ends we've been saying all year we're gonna have new music out so a lot of we have quite a few people who've been kind of really anxious and real patient really patient with us definitely just releasing more music in a punctual time um i'd say to sort of grow our presence more both like within the local um various local scenes and online so that um we can just uh bring our music out to even more people and hopefully get more shows yeah we're just we're gonna try to get more shows pretty soon be more consistent with that i think that's the main goal is just you know playing more shows we all we all love just playing in general so <laughs> and you hope to get paid 
Yeah, I mean, there are certain places that, that do pay and stuff. It's just nice to be able to support local scenes and stuff in, in general. Um, just because, you know, that everyone's trying to keep that alive. And if everyone's trying to be a rock star and avoiding, you know, all the, the free shows and all that stuff, you know, that, that scene's going to die. So. And uh, what's a popular misconception that people have about you or your um, band, what you're doing, the music? We have a lot of uh, like darker elements, kind of like a spookier thing, and I think some people might misconstrue that as like a like a satanic thing. But a lot of us are actually a like Christian, so oh, really, right? Yeah. Like, like she said, there's like a there's like a dark aesthetic to the genre we play. But like I said, I try to put some sort of symbolism under it. So, or I have to remind myself, like, okay, like this isn't satanic, this isn't demonic, this isn't paganistic, like, making sure, like, I, I'm, we're not worshipping Satan, like, there's even one song we have called um, Exorcism. Exorcism, which is about, basically, this young girl, as a possessed, and a priest comes, and, like, has a lantern, which is symbolic of God, which is, like, lighting the path for him, you know, and he exercises the demon out in the name of Christ, and, like, for us, like, that's just kind of a reminder of this, of what I believe, you know, Honestly, it, it does seem kind of cool. I like the way the Blake writes a lot. <laughs> I like all the symbolism and stuff because I'm I'm a big fan of like, like, making people have to actually pay attention to the lyrics and try to like figure out what you're saying because if you're too upfront, you know, it gets kind of boring after a while. So I think it tells more about like us as writers and stuff when we're able to do stuff like that. Right, and um, another song we have called Shotgun. It basically it's a PSA against suicide, but it it describes the situation of someone who's in a helpless situation and they kill themselves. And then we depicted that like, because of my faith, we, we, I depicted it as like he was hurled into hell. And so that you can take that symbolically as, okay, well there's, even after you do it, there's still consequences. You know, like it hurts other people or you can interpret that as like a, a spirituality kind of crisis right there. But like people could interpret that as like, ah, oh, it's demonic, but it's like, that's no, not really what I was the message. Yeah. But that could happen, misconstrued, you know. And uh, the two songs that you sent me, what, what were the names again? Um, the first one's called The Dictator, which was actually the, the first song we ever like arranged as a group. And then the second one is Exorcism, the one we just uh, discussed a second ago. And what was uh, Dictator about? Um, dictator. <laughs> That was an interesting story because the bassist like wrote the lyrics, but like it was kind of just a cluster of ideas. So I had to go through and kind of like try to take what he already wrote and like put some sort of poetic form to it. And like, okay, this could be a verse, it could be a chorus. And I'm not really sure what he was going for, but you could say like the dictator is supposed to be symbolic. Of, well, because the song makes it, it's kind of, it's, it's layered. Because Dictator is symbolic for, like, like a spirit that's, or, like, some sort of entity that's, like, controlling your life that you can't get away from. And then that entity itself is symbolic for, really, it could be anything. It could be, like, an addiction. It could be just from, like, some internal conflict. So it's, it's kind of layered. It's like a symbol for a symbol, like, <laughs> stacked on top of each other. It's like an onion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I actually wanted to ask some questions for you about your music composing because okay. I do know that um, some people who do music here, um, they actually um, maybe want to, they've probably never been in the field, you know? Okay. They've never actually never made music. So how does it, how long does it take for you or how, what's the process? Oh man, it, it depends on the song and it depends on what season I'm in in my life. Like I've had times where I just picked up my guitar and I 
like the first thing I wrote, I'm like, oh, that's a song. You know, it's the first thing you play. And then I've had other times where like I start a song and I have a riff and then like a year later I finish it. It's just, it's so inconsistent. You know, I, I can't really put a formula to it because each song is so unique. Or I'll have songs where I wrote it and then I did, didn't do anything with it and then a year later I revised it. And then like re-revised it. I answer the question. Yeah, sure. I mean, just uh, just to give hope to music composers. Yeah, so like, I'll say like, if you have an idea for something and like, you don't think anything can happen to it, like, like write it down or at least put it on your phone and like revisit it, because you know so, you never know when inspiration will strike, you know. And uh, what do you guys do when you're not um, practicing for the band or anything? Homework. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Usually it's just like work or um, music's a really work. big part of our I mean, lives. Honestly, it really is. <laughs> like I, I do a completely separate thing, but like I'll still like I'll practice bass, you know, I'll practice like keyboard and all this stuff, and he'll he'll record a bunch of like random stuff for his Instagram, and you know, music is mainly like what we do. Honestly, like mm-hmm. we we have like school and you know work and all that, but when it comes down to it, I mean, we kind of just. Or mainly music. <laughs> Very passionate. <laughs> Anything else? Well, um, since you guys do metal, right? So, yeah. what would you say your influences are? It doesn't have to necessarily be a metal group, but like, what are your musical influences? Like your favorite groups? What, um, what got you into it? Um, I'd say it's kind of like poser thing to say, I guess. But Metallica <laughs> and Megadeth were definitely big inspirations for me. Like, those were like the guys who got me into the genre. You know. Um, so those have been big for me. How about you guys? Um, for me, the the biggest, like my favorite band and the one that really got me into like guitar playing and metal music in general is Black Sabbath. Um, they're just my favorite of all time. And another one that really influenced um, guitar playing for me is Van Halen. I actually really like this band called Interpol. They're like a like a modern day new wave kind of thing, and their their bassist is really like he's just really creative. Like he he brings the band together. He's not in the band anymore, and you can tell by their newest album. But I mean, like that's that's probably the main thing. I mean, I also like Black Sabbath and all that stuff. But like when it comes to bass influences and stuff like that, or like more like funkier kind of sounding stuff, I think like having influences that aren't metal. And playing that kind of stuff, it really like adds more to it, brings more to the table than just listening to nothing but metal and hearing the, the same thing over and over, basically. Is this kind of like you guys' first like interview or anything? Uh, I think there was one other one, but I wasn't there. There was one other one after a show a while back, um, but that was a that was a while ago. How so, did it feel? Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it felt. We were just standing there, um, and the doc who was there at the time was answering most of the questions. So we just, all the, all the rest of us really just had to sit back and look. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of like the he he calls the shots. He runs it. But uh, Blake's taking that place right now. Well, I I do like more so the music aspect of like okay like the recording and like comp- composition. And organizing, arranging the music, whereas like the doc does more so like the management of like coordinating gigs. Mortician, she she said she she was interested in taking on part of that role too. 
Like, he does more like the business aspect when I'm like the creative aspect, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they're both strong leaders. <laughs> so do you guys get any fans who maybe spot you walking around or do they ever like come up to you? There was actually one time, the last show that we played uh, in San Diego at Shea Cafe, uh, we played with this band called the Bushwhackers for a second time apparently. And uh, one of the guys there was so, like so geeking out over the doc because uh, the doc had his back facing towards him, but he didn't have his mask on. And uh, he was like, oh my God, is that, is that the doc right there? Like I've, I've never seen him without his mask. And so I had to like walk over all quietly to like Seth and be like, hey, put your mask back on because he's never seen you without it. You gotta put it back on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say the same thing. There isn't many moments we're recognized, mostly because we try and keep our identities hidden also when we're performing. So, um, it's not, um, it's not as likely as, like, those who aren't wearing masks or whatever to get recognized. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys wore masks. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Is it... I, uh, the doc wears, like, a plague doctor's mask, and the rest of us just wear, like, the little, like... Like what a medical, medical mask, like, yeah. it's just the one that goes over your, like, mouth and nose. Kind Sometimes. of like the thing you wear, but it's like a cat, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a cat in a BTS. I, I think yeah. the, the first time I ever saw them, because I saw them play live first before I joined the band. Like, I didn't know who they were or anything like that, so uh, I ended up being friends with them after I saw them play and talked to them about, like, liking their music and stuff. But the first time I ever saw them play, uh, the Sexton, the drummer, he didn't have his mask on. He just had the sunglasses, and he just looked super cool. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you for letting me um, know a little bit more about you guys today. No problem. Thank no you problem. for having yeah. us. Yeah, it was very Thanks, fun. <laughs> and I hope to hear some of your like. I'm gonna hear the music that you sent me, yeah. but I hope to hear more about your updates and stuff later. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, once again, this has been Indisposed. Yeah, the best. Indisposed. Yep. Uh, follow them on Indisposed Metal on Instagram, SoundCloud. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is, is it is it the same name on SoundCloud? It should just be Indisposed. Indisposed on SoundCloud and also Spotify. Indisposed. Yeah. Okay. I think Google Music too, or something like that. Yep. I think I saw Maybe, it on there yeah. once. I never go on that, so I don't know. <laughs> That's not my usual source, but it could be on there. It's a gamble. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. I hope you all loved listening to that interview. How about you, Caitlin? What do you think of Indisposed? Yeah, I think they're a great band. And my favorite parts of the interview was how the band started in high school Mm -hmm. and how people have a misconception of them and the men and women who play heavy metal. Even people who listen to that music have a bad rap. You would think that they are not stable or they said they like they said they worship the devil, Mm -hmm. but they are just regular people who are inspired from this music. Oh, yeah. And I think any music or anyone who can play any instrument or in general is already a great person. I wish people would change their perspective after listening to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I decided to actually check out their music on Spotify as they recommended to us. And I can definitely say, see where they're coming from. Like I can, I, I, I'm, uh, I grew up listening to a lot of rock. Uh, I can definitely like feel a lot of Metallica in terms of the oh, the feeling. I like that. Yeah, it's just the way the way the the way the Doc sings. It, it really reminds me of James Hetfield. It's just really hard, and the guitar riffs are hard too. And personally, I'm I'm more of like an ACDC type guy because I can I. I mean, not not to brag, I can hit those high notes, but then, you know, 
I, I really enjoy it. I, I think I think we can get I think anyone can get into it, really. So the band actually uh, allowed us to play one of their songs on here on the podcast. And this is going to be a small bit from Exorcism. So, Caitlin, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the song? I really enjoyed it. Like, I really want to say props to Blake. Um, he did really good with the music. You can see how hard he's worked on his music. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine them just trying to perform that in full costume? Like, it's actually just the doc in full costume. Like, he looks like a Renaissance doctor with the long beaked mask and then all of his other band members are just wearing surgical masks oh yeah i like, love that yeah and especially in this weather you know <laughs> but <laughs> i mean i don't think they perform outside but no they do they, they, it's they on can, right? it's on their instagram they can yeah <laughs> they could you know that song reminds me of uh death clock from that show metalocalypse oh what what's that oh it's this show from it's showing a an adult swim about this um fictional metal band and uh, just that song just gave up a, a lot of Metalocalypse vibes. And the, I think you said during the, while we were listening in, you said, you mentioned Bat Metal. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. It was on YouTube a mm-hmm. while ago. Uh, there was a part where he was screaming. Yeah. And it just reminded me from that. Well, the thing is, you may not know this, but they, Bat Metal uses songs from Death Clock. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly the songs that they use on there. Okay, so what kind of music do you listen to usually? Uh, I'm actually kind of old school. I still can't get over classic rock. You know, I I love Journey, Bon Jovi. I mean, um, at, there are times when they could go as hard as heavy metal. I mean, they glamour, glamour rock is sort of within that realm, but then you have bands like Black Sabbath and uh, um, Iron Maiden, where 
that they they are uh heavy metal but they their lyrics are still you know understandable <laughs> uh, but then and then you have the heavier forms of music like screamo and then that's when it gets kind of crazy but you can still that the, the point is you can just beat your head to it and it's it's really you know a headbang it's a headbanger you okay. know what i mean you, okay. yeah. Yeah. i mean how does it compare to music you listen to Oh, well, my music isn't much of a headbanger, <laughs> but I can tap my feet to it. I, but, I usually listen to like K-pop. Okay. Like okay. BTS. Right. Or I will listen so to... So they are still bangers, just not headbangers. No, I'm not going to like <laughs> throw my hair everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, that's, that's just how it is. I mean, I, I, I hope other people can... Um, expand their music horizons you know be more open to this kind of music you know yeah i definitely like this music i yeah. was um enjoying it yeah and they just have to like put aside all the uh the metaphors you know and try and find a deeper meaning to what's being told in the song you know what i mean well i know i like your perspective of it <laughs> <laughs> but well i hope everyone looks forward to their new album coming out and i hope you can see blake's passion for composing music has an inspiration for you to succeed in your own dreams you know and to see that it's possible to juggle college work and extracurricular activities amen to that <laughs> this is luciano and caitlin signing off have a good day yeah Yeah.